Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about starting, marketing, and growing your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman. Today, we're going to be talking about three ways practice owners can think like business owners. And to help me do that is Jordan Geyser. He's a marketing consultant here at Brand Your Practice. Jordan is a master's level social worker who thinks deeply about branding and marketing and scaling private practices. In January 2022, he left private practice to work with me and since then has helped me launch or rebrand from the ground up five private practices across the country through our partnership program. And he's spearheading an exciting marketing software offering we're looking to launch later this year in the spring of 2023. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Hello, thank you. I'm I'm excited to be on. Well, we're going to be talking about how... Uh, practice owners can think like business owners. But first, give us maybe a one-minute breakdown on your journey to becoming a therapist and then working in private practice, then coming over to brand your practice to help therapists launch and market and grow their practices. Yes. So uh, as Brent said, I used to work as a mental health therapist, uh, as a master's level social worker. Uh, I did that for about a year and I really enjoyed that. Uh, but I've always kind of had a passion for business and marketing. Uh, and when I realized that there was a lack typically uh, in private practice owners, just kind of like business savvy, um, I started to think of how could I, how could I utilize the knowledge that I was gaining uh, and experience I was gaining to help them, uh, which kind of led me to finding Brent and, now I've been working with him for almost a year now. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So thanks for joining me on the podcast, Pat, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, and so let's, yeah. And uh, so let's jump in. Okay, so we're going to be talking about uh, ways uh, how a practice owner can thinks, think like a business owner. Because let's face it, like, uh, you know, therapists, they go to school and they spend dollars $70,000 getting a master's degree to be really good at the clinical side, but they don't mm -hmm. teach you how to think like a business owner if you wanted to start your own practice when you leave the graduate school. So, um, so I'd love to turn it over to you and, and let's start the conversation. Yeah. So uh, to start, I was thinking about like, what is kind of like, how, how could we set up the goal for this podcast? Uh, for my goal for this podcast is to really just help practice owners who are either just starting or maybe have an established group practice really start to get into like kind of creating like another part of your brain, like a different kind of mode or lens that you can see your business through or your practice through. And that being that of a business owner instead of a uh, licensed clinical whatever who is doing a private like who has a private practice uh, because being able to switch between those like ways to think is going to be really helpful um, so to do that uh, one of the goals that I have the main goal I have for this podcast is to kind of break down the different roles responsibilities and positions that are typically within a private practice and how by breaking those down uh, you'll be able to make your time and the practice as a whole more efficient. Awesome. Well, let's jump in. Yeah. So the the first step really is to uh, not work as hard <laughs> uh, and work a little bit smarter. 
which is a saying that my dad always told me growing up was work smarter, not harder. Uh, so that's kind of the, where my inspiration for the first step came through, uh, which is really just to kind of write down, like, what are all the different big parts of a private practice? Um, so like sales, marketing, yes, sales. Sales is a part of a uh, private practice. Uh, and then fulfillment, which is typically going to be like doing the therapy services, uh, finances and operations. Is there anything that you would add to that, Brent? No, I, I tend to think of it more. Um, yeah, I think those, those are the four main things. I, I tend to shrink it down just to three, but you know, and I, we have, that's a side conversation we typically yeah. have, but yeah, that, I think that's right. You got your sales and marketing. So that's going to bring clients into the business that gives you oxygen, that gives you cash flow, which is really important. Fulfillment is doing the actual clinical work, doing the things that you are promising to, uh, to fulfill. Yeah. And then there's as you, and then as you grow and get a little bigger, uh, you have to figure out how to do finances. So cash flow is one thing, uh, saving for taxes, uh, yeah. payroll, make sure you're paying yourself enough savings, all those things. And then the operations, if you bring, uh, you know, you need to be able to be a good operator as a solo practitioner, but as you bring clinicians on, you have to really think like an operator, which is a different muscle yeah. that you have to exercise that they don't teach you in graduate school. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You really hit the, you hit the nail on the head and I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of, that is the first, like the first tip. Like if we were to break this down into the three tips, the first tip is really just kind of realizing all those different parts. Mm -hmm. Um, and once you've kind of mapped down each of those parts within your practice, uh, you can start to move on to step two. Uh, and then step two, I've kind of titled know your role, but it might not be you specifically, although you are included in that. It's just kind of knowing all the different roles within each of the different branches that we kind of just mentioned. So now that you've listed all the different parts of your business uh, and what their purposes are, you can now break it down even further and look at what are the different roles or positions and responsibilities within each of those different things. So the first one that I'll kind of use as an example is looking at like, what does sales look like within uh, a private practice? Now, we're not going to get too deep into this, but your intake coordinator, whoever is managing people reaching out to the private practice who are wanting to get scheduled with whatever kind of services you offer, that intake coordinator is a salesperson because that is their job. Their job is to qualify the people that are calling the practice to get started and see whether they're a good fit for whoever your ideal client is and then getting them scheduled with a therapist. Like that is, I mean, that's the essence of what sales is, is qualifying leads and getting them to, to buy whatever the product or service is. Um, so that's kind of what I'm using as an example. And you'll do this for each of the different categories that we had listed before. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll look at what are more roles, uh, what are the responsibilities of those roles and kind of look into like, as if you were building like a job offer, like you're kind of get that kind of detailed. Uh, before I move on, is there anything you'd want to add to that, Brent? Yeah, I think one way th that I've done this before and with practice owners is that you get a post-it note and you could put it on the wall, like underneath the different um, sections. So sales and marketing, let's say uh, you, you say what it is, who it is, and then what they're going to do to accomplish that. So if it, the sales and marketing is the thing 
And then you're going to, or so intake coordinator, that's the what, who's going to do that. That could be you or someone else. And then how are they going to do that? Like, what is that mechanism that could be, you know, the branch practice app that could be post-it notes that could be writing, you know, you're going to do all these things uh, on a piece of paper, whatever. So take that for, take a post-it note and create one of those things for each of those areas of your business, including the roles as well. So um, another one could be, um, let's see, it could be like, like, okay, how are we going to handle finances? All right. So one of his bookkeeping. So is that going to be you? Is that going to be a bookkeeper? And how are you going to do it? Is it going to be QuickBooks? Is it going to be fresh books? Something like that. So mm -hmm. breaking it down, you'll see that you'll learn a lot about your business um, mm -hmm. and, and those different roles and responsibilities. Yeah, Brent, that was a, that was a really good point. Moving on uh, from once you've kind of established all those different roles, uh, is the next thing. And this is kind of where practice owners or business owners in general, just kind of stop. Like they'll describe what is the role, uh, and what are the different tasks and responsibilities of this role or position. Uh, but what they don't ask is what would be a really good quality for a person to have to come into this role. And that's something that most people don't think of. So you could think of, all your therapists, your intake coordinator, your billing, like what are the qualities that I want this person to have if they're working for my business? And not just do I want them to have, but what is the qualities that a person's going to have that will make them the most successful in this, uh, in this position? And I think that's, a, that's like the next part. So you have your, like if I were to break it down, the highest level is like looking at the different main categories. So like sales, marketing, finance, fulfillment, operations, all that. Then you break out what are the different roles within those categories. And then from there, you take those roles and you break them down to what are the qualities that a person's going to have to come into this position and be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know we keep talking about, it's a great point. I know we keep talking about the intake coordinator. So yeah. the type of quality that you want an intake coordinator is there's going to be a warmness to that person. There's a kindness. Um, but there's also needs to be in the background, like a sales mentality, right? Mm -hmm. They almost have to be a little bit like a wooer. They're not a manipulator, no. but they're, wooer. they're looking to serve them. They're looking to feel comfortable on the phone. And then they also have to have the confidence to be like, let's get you on the calendar. Does this day work for you or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And something that I've noticed since since we're talking about the intake coordinator, something that I've noticed is that it really helps. Uh, it really helps to to understand therapy. Uh, so it's like a lot of times we're talking about therapy counseling services, and that could be to whatever kind of like your ideal client is. But the better your intake coordinator understands the services that you provide, the more empathy uh, that they'll be able to share with the people who are coming in. Mm -hmm. Because, and I mean, that's the essence of what sales is. It's very similar to therapy at times. And the person who's wanting or like kind of a prospect who's considering your services, the better that they feel understood with their problem with the intake coordinator the better, like the more likely that they'll schedule with you, but you're also just kind of setting it off to a, a good start. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a whole episode on uh, intake coordinator and yeah. how to like, like a, like a script for them to follow and all those things. So I'm really looking forward to having that. So that's probably why I'm thinking about intake coordinator a lot on this. Yeah. Um, is there anything else on 
tip number two on knowing your role here uh, that no, you'd like to elaborate I, on? No, I think that's good. Okay. I will say one thing as you are listing out all your tasks on those post-it notes is you can always ask, you know, can I delegate this? Can I automate this? Or do I need to terminate this task? Because there's going to be a lot of tasks as a practice owner you're going to need to do as it relates to the business. So I like to think, all right, well, can you delegate it? Can you automate it? Or can you terminate this task? So something to think about, uh, you know, do you want to delegate it to somebody? Do you want to automate it with software? Or do you just need to get rid of it altogether? Because it's yeah. it's not a good ROI on your time. So. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you, but you're kind of getting a sneak peek onto step three. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, before we get to step three, I want to remind our listeners about a free resource you could take advantage of today. And if you're a mental health professional that wants to start your own practice but you don't know where to begin, I put together a free step-by-step -step launch guide. It's the checklist that I've used to launch, and even Jordan has used to launch over uh, twelve brand new private practices with my clients over the past five years. It's a very detailed launch checklist that's easy to follow. And there are links to dozens to how-to videos that I've created to help you along the way. Just go to brandyourpractice.com slash checklist. You know, every airline pilot follows a pre-flight checklist and every astronaut follows the launch checklist. And if you're going to launch your website or launch your practice, download the free checklist, brandyourpractice.com slash checklist. All right, Jordan, let's jump into uh, tip number three. Tip number three is who am I, which is kind of a very big question. Uh, but what I mean by that is now that you have uh, kind of what Brent was talking about earlier, now that you have descriptions of all these roles, uh, putting them on post-it notes or whatnot, uh, what you're going to want to do is you want to look at all of these things and ask yourself, because this is my practice, because this is my business, I get to decide what roles do I want to do? Uh, what roles do I find? Like, what are the, what are the things that get you out of bed in the morning that get you excited about working in your practice? Um, by kind of asking that question and you can look at all the different things. Well, it's like, well, if I want to just focus on doing therapy, then I can do that and focus on who do I need to be in contact with? Who do I need to hire to delegate these things that I don't find as interesting, but are still vital to my practice being successful? So the second point that I have within the third tip of who am I is now that you've kind of determined what is the best role for you within your practice, you can also start to think of where am I going to find the people and you can brainstorm where are the best people for all the other positions? So if you're not very interested in being the intake coordinator and managing all of the, the prospects that are coming in that want your services, you can think who is like who is the dream person for this role? Who's going to be really good at this role? Uh, and you can think about where to find that kind of person. Yeah. That's great. I think if you know your strengths as a, as a practice owner mm -hmm. and what really gets you excited. So probably one of the big three when it comes to marketing, marketing and sales, um, finances and operations, you know, finances could be a little bit more like operations too, but what I found that, um, practice owners really love the marketing people side. So they want to they want to give all some of those responsibilities that it relates to the operations of the practice to somebody else. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, rarely do they love the finance side, <laughs> but if they love the operation side, they actually want to be more manager. So they make sure they have a team or processes in place for marketing. You know, if you're a solo practitioner, you're doing all three all the time, but at, you can slowly build in like hire virtual assistants or something to help carry those, to help do those parts of the business that does not bring your en you energy that you do not love to do. So, um, Knowing who you are as a practice owner on the business side of things, you could either, as we talked about, delegate, automate, or terminate um, mm -hmm. those those roles or those those responsibilities. Yeah, no, that's a great point because when you do all of that, you're going to get uh, you're going to have a practice that you're really passionate about, and it starts to cut back on the amount of things that would burn you out of doing the thing that you worked so hard to be able to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Kind of getting into the conclusion. Uh, we recognize that everything that we have said thus far is not, not a easy or quick thing. It is not everything that we have just said is not a sprint. Now. Yeah. You can list all of the roles maybe on a weekend or in an afternoon or in a day. Uh, but getting all of those descriptions, fine, fine tuning this and hiring the right people and getting a practice that is really efficient is not a sprint. It is more like a never ending marathon. Uh, so, but when you execute it correctly, it is going to, you're going to experience the benefits that we just touched on. Mm -hmm. uh, having a practice that you're really passionate about, having a practice that's not going to burn you out uh, that you really get to just enjoy doing the parts of having a private practice that you love. Um, and a couple things to, to kind of add to the conclusion of this is one thing I want to touch on is recognizing that employees aren't forever. Uh, even some of the best employees are only going to be with you for a time and that's okay. That's why this is a never ending marathon. <laughs> uh, but you have the tools to go and find another person um, that is just as suited for whatever the job is. Is there anything you want to add to that, Brent? No, no, it's really good. I appreciate this discussion. I know it's going to help a lot of therapists too, because yeah. they have to turn on the, they, you know, as therapists, they have the clinical hat that they have to wear. And mm -hmm. sometimes they also have to put on the business hat uh, as well. And so uh, helping them kind of understand those roles a little bit better. I think, is, I think it's really helpful. So, well, thanks for joining me today, Jordan. It's great to have you. Yes, thank you. I'm glad that you had me on here and able to share my thoughts. Yeah, well, we'll have you back on and talk about another topic sometime. Yeah, I'm so, excited. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone, please know this. All the content on the Branger Practice website, podcast, and other media reflects my own opinions and should not be taken as legal advice, financial advice, or investment advice. Please seek out the guidance of a professionally trained or licensed individuals before making any decisions. And some links in the description in this podcast as well may be affiliate links. All right, folks, thanks for joining and listening in. If you found this conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast and please join me again for the next time on the Brand Your Practice podcast. <laughs>